When it comes to history in Wilmington, not many organizations have more of it than the North Carolina Isaiah Festival, which has been bringing Wilmington's biggest annual celebration to town every April since 1948. Things have been a little bit different for the Isaiah Festival since the coronavirus pandemic hit in 2020, and we'll get to that in a minute. But since its very first days, a huge part of the festival, its figurehead, if you will, has been the Isaiah Festival Queen. Revered by many, dismissed by some, dissed by a few, one thing the Isaiah Queen never is, is ignored. Often drawn from the acting ranks, from Hollywood royalty to soap opera stars, or from the pageant world, a number of former Miss Americas have gone on to wear the Isaiah crown, the Queen is the public face of the festival. The local media follows her around accordingly, whether she's being crowned during the coronation, visiting local sites, or riding in the Isaiah Festival parade. Of course, once you join the Queen Club, you're forever in the Isaiah Festival conversation, as we'll discover on this week's episode. This is Cape Fear on Earth, the podcast exploring the legends, historical oddities, and landmark stories of southeastern North Carolina. I'm your host, John Staten, and I'm a reporter with the Star News here in Wilmington. We're a Gannett paper that's part of the USA Today Network. As we all know, last year's Isaiah Festival was more or less canceled by the pandemic, although the festival did name a queen. This year, things are looking better. The Isaiah Festival is scheduled for mostly virtual events from April 7th through 11th and is planning for a return engagement in July and August. And the hope is that such events as concerts, the street fair, and the parade can be held safely. When they happen, the Isaiah Queen will be there. This week on Cape Fear on Earth, we'll be talking about the long history of Isaiah Festival Queens. With 74 of them now, there's plenty to discuss. Here with me is a woman who knows a thing or two about wearing a crown. Victoria Huggins is the 74th Queen of the Isaiah Festival, as well as a former Miss North Carolina and a Miss Wilmington. Huggins is a North Carolina native who grew up in St. Paul's, a small town near Fayetteville in Robeson County. She's a graduate of UNC Pembroke, and one of her many claims to fame is that she's a singer who made it to the Hollywood round of singing competition American Idol as a 16-year-old back in 2011. Hi, Victoria. You're the 74th Queen of the Isaiah Festival. Thank you so much for being with us today. You know, John, that never gets old. You can say that as much as you want to during this interview and over the next couple of months, and I will be a happy camper. <laughs> well, there you go, and that's one of the well, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. It's kind of what makes you a unique queen. Um, before we get into the history, you know, what makes you kind of a every queen is unique in her own way, but you know, you are unique in your way. So, you know, one of the things that makes you unique this year is that. You don't get to be queen just for April. You're going to get to stretch into uh, into the summer. And isn't that amazing? I mean, I'm still in complete shock, and I think that it's wonderful that I have this golden opportunity that has never really been extended to any of the women who have gone before me as Queen Azalea is that I get to keep coming back and honestly any excuse that I have to come back to Wilmington I'm going to take it because I love the community I love the Azalea Festival and to be able to know that hopefully by the time July and August rolls around I have my COVID vaccine shots (laughs) done and I hope to see everyone else have their COVID vaccines in their arms and ready to go because we're ready to do the garden party, the parade, the street fair with everyone protected and healthy. There you go. Well, I'll get, I'll be getting my second dose this month, so I will be out there with you. Um, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> make sure that you take a little bit of a, um, a breather the next day because it's going to knock you off your feet a little right. bit, but stay hydrated okay. and you'll be fine. 
I'll be ready. Well, and then one of the other things that makes you unique is that you're the first uh, former Miss Wilmington to, um, to become Azalea Queen. You're the first former Miss North Carolina to become Azalea Queen. Yes, when the news broke, because of course you're sworn to secrecy um, when, right. when you're given this wonderful honor and you have to wait until the big press release is gone. And it was so wonderful because the sisterhood of Miss North Carolinas were among the first people to reach out to me and they were so proud and so happy for me. And that really meant a lot to me that they had, I had their support and um, that I would be representing them and um, I loved being Miss Wilmington and being Miss North Carolina. They are two of the honors of my life, being able to serve the great people of North Carolina. So I kind of view this as another opportunity to serve the people of North Carolina with being Queen Azalea because essentially our festival is not only well known here, but it's yeah. known across the entire nation as yep. one of the best festivals. So it's yet another opportunity that I can not only wear a crown, but I can serve. Yeah. Well, and then one more thing that makes you kind of different than most past queens, you know, I think queens, um, queens in the past would, um, you know, they may not, they may not have been to the festival um, before, but you have a long history with the festival. I mean, you've been going since you were a kid and you've, you know, as an adult, You've done a lot of work with the festival. I have, and I think that goes back to the implementation that my parents and my family always had within me of you volunteer and you serve as much as possible. And I remember going to the festival when I was a little girl and getting to see all of the pomp and circumstance and how amazing it was. And then as I grew older, getting to know more of the depth behind the festival and how it's so influential, not only economically, but also on a personal level within the community so when I got the opportunity to work at WECT in Wilmington straight out of college I packed my bags and I moved to Wilmington and I was so excited to be able to be an adult um, <laughs> and start and start my life there um, and I learned so much about myself so I'm very grateful to have had that and to be able to volunteer for the children's team yeah. and then for the princess pageant um, serving at the MC and then getting that opportunity to be on the Queen's Court. That was a long time coming. I had applied for that court for three years wow. and had never been chosen. So it was really, I, I, I was an alternate, which that's cool, you know, but you want right. to be on that court. Yeah. So being Miss Wilmington on the court, though, is by far the best position to be on the court because you're the hometown girl. Yeah. Everywhere you go, they cheer for you as loud, if not louder, than for Miss North Carolina. So I was like, yep, I'm in a good spot here. This is good. <laughs> nice. Well, so who are, some, um, who are some of the queens that you have met, you know, in your time with the festival? I know you've you know, been in it several times. Oh, yes. So my queen when I was Miss Wilmington was Anna Coyman in 2016, and she had such a profound impact on my life because at the time, I wanted to be a national news anchor, yeah. and I just thought that she was incredible because she really took the opportunity of being the queen and really wanted to get to know the people on a personal level, not just, you know, up high and above as the queen waving to everyone. She would get down on the level of the children at the school that we visited 
kid and she would reach out her uh, her arms and hug everyone and I just loved her because she was so personable and the cool thing was that when I became Miss North Carolina the very next year my business manager got a phone call from Anna and her producer from oh, wow. Fox News and said we want to interview Victoria <laughs> so um, I couldn't believe that one of my first huge things as Miss North Carolina was to be on Fox News with Anna in Southport for the 4th of July Festival in a live interview for millions of people to watch. So that was kind of a God wink right there, if I can say that myself. Well, there you go. And, you know, know, those connections, you know, I guess you make connections at the festival, and uh, that was one that you made. Oh, yes. And then, of course, you know, I, I love all of our former Miss Americas. Yes, yeah, so many of started with Heather French Henry in 2011. I remember seeing her and going to the parade when she was the queen. I loved her because she, her father was a veteran and yep. she advocates for veterans. And my dad's a yep. veteran, so I felt a connection with her. And then we've had Erica Dunlap, of yeah. course, you know, Kristen Hagland and Mallory Hagan and Kira Kazantzev. So yep. we've, we've got a lot history of Miss America's in there so that and then of course you know we even had so many other prominent figures oh, man. like K- Kelly Packard she was on Baywatch yeah. I was a big fan of that so <laughs> yeah well no and this, so I think well yeah let's get into um, some of the history then of the queens you know let's go back you know let's go back to the very first queen I love this story uh, Jacqueline White Back in 1948 she was the first woman to, to be a Queen Azalea and you know she was an actress did a bunch of stuff. Uh, she was known for roles, and I think she was in a show called In Our Crossfire and The Narrow Margin. And oh, yes. And one of the things that I love about Jacqueline is that she just set the bar yep. so high. Every photo that you see of her during Festival Week and even in her career, she was so graceful and so elegant and I just love the glamour of who she was. I think the festival did a fantastic job in choosing her to be the very first and to kind of set the standard of the Zelia Queens to come and I'm a sucker for old Hollywood and glamour and glitz so and then when she came back to the festival in 2015 I was so jealous that I wasn't (laughs) there for that because I would have loved to have had the opportunity to have met her. Well and that was I think that's the best part of the story right is that you know 63 years later after she was you know the first woman crowned queen azalea she comes back as a 90 year old in 2015 crowns uh, mallory hagan i mean how could that's just coming full circle i mean you could you couldn't write it better than that it is so special it sounds something straight out of the notebook I yeah mean, right that, that just that just is so perfect. It's a full circle moment, just like you said. Yeah, and this was, uh, and this is kind of another funny. I mean, this is not well, not funny, but in the fifties, there was a woman named Esther Williams in 1958, and I just thought oh, this yes. was so neat. She was called the Million Dollar Mermaid because she was a swimmer. She was a kind of a swimmer turned actress. And one of the things that she did when she came, she, um, she gave a swimming demo at a Riceville Beach in April when, you know, as you know, the water is not warm at Riceville Beach in April, but she got, a, you know, she took one for the team and, you know, jumped in the water and, and gave the people what they wanted to see, I guess. Absolutely. And that's what's really special about Queen Azalea. It's kind of like with Miss North Carolina and Miss Wilmington, 
the year or the opportunity is really what you make it and yeah. how you make your mark and how you want to be remembered. And there are 74 years of Queen Azaleas, but I think what's special about it is that you can look back on each one and each had a different mark on the Wilmington community and on the festival, some more so than others, but it's really special to review that history and see how, you know, there are different moments like that that you can point to and be like, now you know that water would have been cold <laughs> and not your normal person would have gone jumping oh, in man. there. Although there is the polar plunge that happens yep. every year for Special Olympics that I did when I was Miss Wilmington and that was cold. Oh man. So I've not I've gotta, never done that. Admire that. I've never done that. So you're you are braver than I am. So um <laughs> well listen, this is this is a I'm really looking forward to talking about this one because you're a singer, you're a wonderful singer, and you've been singing since you were a kid. Um, one of the first singing stars to kind of be Queen Azalea was uh, Shelley Fabre in 1961. She was known as an actor as well, Donna Reed Show, but she had a big hit with the song Johnny Angel. Um, the girls used to sing that to me back in you know middle school and um, tease me and call me Johnny Angel, so that was very embarrassing. But, you know, it just shows that, you know, that... The queens aren't just, you know, they're not just, you know, quote unquote beauty queens or whatever. These women are very talented in different ways. And, you know, Shelley Fabre is a singer. You're a singer. And, uh, you know, that's just one of the, uh, you know, many talents that these women have uh, displayed over the years. Oh, yes. And I think that that's so cool that she had two top 40 hits during her time. And then they brought her back to the Azalea Festival. And then another singer that really I loved was Catherine Grayson, who served in 1957. And she was actually in Kiss Me Kate and Anchors Away with Kelly and Frank Sinatra. So I have always been kind of obsessed with her because she's from, she was born in Winston-Salem. So that's another Carolina girl that we've got, you know, to our name. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. You're one of the few you know, kind of North Carolina natives who have. I mean, there's there's several, but you're you know you're in the club of uh, North Car- of North Carolina natives to become our uh, Queen Azalea. So that's you know special as well. Yeah, and I think that that really rings and resonates with the Wilmington and North Carolina community when one of our girls, yep. quote unquote, gets to be Queen Azalea because we feel that connection. Um, I, I know that when Ann Hawthorne was yeah. chosen last year, um, I remember seeing her when she was actually in the Thalian Hall production of Chicago. Yeah, no, I mean, she was fantastic. Ago. Yeah, she was fantastic Absolutely in that. Absolutely fantastic. Former Rocket. My heart broke for her that she wasn't able to come and enjoy the festival because of COVID last year. Yeah, that's kind of one of the, you know, I don't know if sad is the right word for it, but because I mean, Ann, you know how Ann is, she's very gracious. She's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she's a wonderful person um, and but you know but she's still the the uh, the uh, 73rd queen and she always will be so she'll always have that but you know she'll be a footnote in the sense that she was kind of the queen that kind of never got to serve his queen in a way yes well and I was ready I was prepared you know because I thought with everything that happened last year if there was the chance that they rolled over the queenship, yeah. you know, for her sure. to be able to have her year. I was prepared for that. Yeah. Um, 
because Dee had shared with me that she wanted me to be her queen, but I didn't know if yeah. we were going to roll over our past president yeah. and then roll over. And so I was trying to prepare my heart for heartbreak. You know, I was <laughs> like, okay, it might not be this year. But I was really honored when things continued to go according to progression and that I was the queen. So it was really an honor. Well, absolutely, you know, and I've also wondered about that, and I've been asked about that, you know, if they'll ever ask Anne to kind of come back one day, which I think would be nice, but, you know, it depends on so many things, travel schedules and a million other things, I'm sure. Oh, yes, and isn't she living in Canada She now? is. She is. Lives in, yep, she lives in Canada, so it was a big, well, maybe it was going to be a big trip. Yeah, maybe we can just finish up all this little COVID oh, pandemic gosh. snafu and we can open up some more borders and everyone be healthy and maybe then she can come back and serve because I would love to see that. Yeah, well, I would love it too because Anne, I've, I've talked to her many times. You know, she's a wonderful person, wonderful um, a, a performer, as you know. So. Um, Oh, yes. And here's another one of my favorites. And this is kind of brings me back to my teenage years. I was a teenager in Wilmington, 1985, when Felicia Rashad became the first African-American queen of the festival. I mean, she was super famous at the time, was on the Cosby show. Um, and she was, she's probably one of the more famous, you know, people uh, to become queen at the time. And that was, a, that was a landmark for the festival because, you know, up until then it'd be all, you know, white women. And uh, the festival's taken, you know, some criticism over the years for not being more diverse. I do feel like they've made a big effort in you know recent years to kind of change that in terms of not only the queens but of uh, uh, performers and um, you know other guests that they bring to the festival. So, but she was kind of the first uh, sign of that back in 1985. Oh yes, and Felicia Rashad is actually one of my favorite Queen Azaleas ever, just because I, of course I grew up watching her being the most fabulous mama on TV yeah. because and I think that it's because she reminded me of my mom Interesting. Because, my, because just like Claire did on television she loved her children unconditionally but she also gave it to them like it was she would <laughs> right. sit them down and set them straight if they were going down the wrong path and my mom always jokes that she wanted five children but <laughs> my daddy kind of cut her wings on that after <laughs> me and was like this is it so I, I feel like Mama had some Claire-esque qualities about her because she was like, okay, you're my one and only, so we need to sit down and we need to talk about this and reevaluate this choice here. Right. But, and then she was also a career woman and had it yeah. all. And then now, seeing her on TV as our Mama on This Is Us, I yep. mean, come on, the woman is amazing. Yes, no, she was, you know, she's got to be at the top 10 queens of all time for sure, if not the top five. Um, oh, yes. And then knowing, you know, that, that, that aspect that you were just talking about, about having that representation, I've always been a fan of the saying is that, you know, if you can see it, it helps you to dream it even more. And yeah. so I think that it made such a wonderful impact on little girls who were little African-American girls in the yep. Wilmington community and in North Carolina and seeing such a beautiful and accomplished and well-respected African-American woman like Felicia Rashad being crowned Queen Azalea, it had more of a deeper impact than anyone could probably ever comprehend. So yeah. I hope that even when I'm crowned, um, that it makes that kind of impact that people can see me that I did grow up in a two-stock white yep. town with nothing in it but a piggly wiggly. <laughs> 
and yet now she's being crowned Queen Azalea because she's worked hard. She's lived her life with integrity and done what it took to, you know, be a good role model. So I, I hope that my crowning will have an impact on little girls and even little boys and anyone else who have a big dream. Well, that's just what's, I mean, that's what's interesting to me about the whole, you know, the whole um, tradition of the Queen is that, you know, people do remember it. People do talk about it. It does make an impact on people. You know, the fact that we're sitting here talking about it right now, you know, um, it just kind of shows, you know, it's a big deal to people around here, um, right? Absolutely. I think that um, even when I was explaining it <laughs> to my employer, the Houston yeah. Astros, um, about what was going to be happening, hey, here's a heads up of a big opportunity that I'm going to be given. And I wrote the email and I attached links to the festival yeah. website and to the past queens. And um, when I got the response back and they were just like, oh my gosh, this is huge. So, um, I was really excited because I really wanted them to grasp the fact that it's not just about being queen, which of course I love being queen, obviously with my past history, but the Azalea Festival means so much more than just, you know, people gathering and going and attending vendors and attending right. concerts and fireworks and everything else. It's so much more because it just brings everyone together from all backgrounds, from all walks of life, every ethnicity, every belief, and it brings us all together to celebrate North Carolina and what we have to offer the world. And I think that that's so profound and impactful. No, absolutely. You know, and it's really, and it's just such a big deal for Wilmington, you know, and like there are several queens with, you know, ties to Wilmington. Um, I think going back to 1997, uh, Lauren Roman was actually the first queen to have been born in Wilmington. Um, mm -hmm. And then right around that time, uh, Sydney Penny, an actress, was queen in 1999. She lives in Wilmington. Uh, Nina Rapetta, another actress, um, lives in Wilmington as well. She was 2000. So, you know, there have always been those opportunities, you know, over the years to kind of, you know, have a quote-unquote local girl. Um, but I think you're, you know, you're an honorary local girl, right? You, you, don't, you don't live in the in the port city right now but you have lived here so i think you're part of the club too oh yes i love being part of the wilmingtonian club um, yeah. <laughs> for two years and i i just really absolutely love that time of my life i remember moving down there um and living upstairs at Kendall Fuqua, who owned Beyond yeah, Basics yeah. Salon and Beauty, and he believed in me, and he was like, you know what, you, I have an apartment upstairs, you can get up, you can stay up there for a little while until you find a place of your own, and it was just so wonderful to have that just absolute support. Yeah. Um, and getting to go to the different local restaurants like the George on oh, the man. riverfront. And that's one of my favorites because I could take my dog. I have a miniature Shih Tzu. Her name is Shonda. <laughs> right. And I would take her and we would go have breakfast. My favorite was the French toast. Um, so we would go and have breakfast on the riverfront. And I even get excited when I'm watching the Hallmark Channel. And all of a sudden I see this movie that is filmed in Wilmington. Because yeah. I see the Cape Fear Memorial right? Bridge. There's a lot of them. And I'm like, I know that place. I live there. Yeah. 
so it, it gets me so excited every time that we have an opportunity to put Wilmington even more on the mark on the map. Yeah, well, and that's you know you're part of the local you know Queens Club. You know you're you have you have ties to Wilmington. One of the groups I'm sure you're kind of glad you're not in. You know, there's been a couple of Queens over the years that have dealt with uh, uh, minor scandals. Like, well, actually, Julie McCullough in 1989 never became queen. She was actually named queen. And then uh, I guess it came out that she'd been in Playboy a couple of years before that, and some local um, religious leaders got upset about that, so they replaced her with uh, Rebecca Arthur. Funny enough, uh, Julie McCullough came back uh, in 2011 as part of a comedy tour and talks about some of that. But um, and there have been some other... Uh, there been some other kind of minor scandal stuff over the years. With like, I think you mentioned Kira Kazansev had a, a bit of a hazing scandal in her career um, when she was in yeah. America. But you know, at the same time, we have to look at you know what Kira has done in terms of you know her. She's got a big platform, you know, against um, domestic violence. You know, so it's not like you know we can um, define her by that. But to me, it also kind of shows kind of what a microscope the Queen is under, right? Absolutely, and I think that it goes back to even when I was a little girl and my family was, you know, influencing and implementing the importance of your choices have consequences. They have positive consequences sometimes and they have negative consequences other times depending upon which path that you choose. And I think that, you know, when when you're growing up and you see these role models of these, especially when you're a young woman and you see other women accomplishing things and then unfortunately sometimes there is a negative choice in their past and then it has that consequence. It serves as a life lesson, but I think that one of the things that the festival has to be proud of, like you said, is that it is constantly growing. It is constantly learning and constantly reflecting the community that is now, that is in 2021. And, you know, the family unit looks different now. The community looks different now. And I think that by us pushing forward to contain that relevance factor and that, you know, ability, just like within my stadium, I work for the Fayetteville Woodpeckers in Fayetteville. We want our stadium to be a safe place that no matter who you are, where you come from, what you believe or anything, that you can come to our ballpark and feel safe and have a good time. And that's really what the festival is trying to do as well, even with the implementation of the diversity and inclusion committee that they have as a subcommittee on the festival. I think it's brilliant um, so that we can make sure that we continue to represent the community to the best of our ability so that everyone feels safe and everyone feels special. Well, there you go. And just as we begin to wrap up here, uh, Victoria, um, you know, things have changed a lot over the years, right? I mean, I think what it meant to be a Queen Azalea back in the 50s or 60s is a lot different than what it means maybe now. You know, we've got social media and all these other things that kind of, you know, impact how people see the Queen and how she's presented. You know, how do you think things have changed and kind of where do you see things maybe going, um, you know, as we head toward a big number next year will be 75, the 75th (laughs) annual festival next year? Well, I think when you look back over our Queen Azaleas, it's really representative of how the festival has changed over the years and how it has grown exponentially as we approach the 75th anniversary. And I think that you look at Jacqueline White with all of that glamour and that elegance 
and then you see how you know fashion and everything else has kind of changed over the years and right. you'll see with my uh, wardrobe that I'm planning you're going to see some glamour in there <laughs> as well but there's also going to be some modern touches um, with some nods to some local fam- uh, local um, North Carolina um, ties excellent um, boutiques because I love shopping local um, so it, it's going to be really special but you know for me I never thought that I would be chosen as Queen Azalea when you look at all of these accomplished women that are nationally known and they're stars in their own right and you know when Beth Troutman got sick with the flu while I was in North Carolina in 2017 and she was so sick and Justin Wolf and the and Allison English came to me and said, "Do you mind stepping in figuratively the queen shoes and doing some of the things that we would have asked Beth to do?" I was like, um, "Without a doubt, <laughs> absolutely," because I thought, you know, I'll never get this opportunity again. Right. Of course, I want to be honorary Queen Estelia, but. Like I said earlier, you know, how you handle yourself and what you decide to do within those different opportunities, the festival got to see that I would be potentially a great queen in the future because of how I stepped up to the plate and I was flexible and I did what I would want to be and who I would want to be as the queen, which is loving on the people. Um, So you're going to see that with me as the queen. I'm going to be socially distantly loving (laughs) on the people. Outstanding. (laughs) Well, Victoria, thank you so much for coming in and talking with Cape Fear on Earth about, you know, the past and the history of the Isaiah Festival and the Queens, of which now you are going to be a proud member of that tradition. Yay! I can't wait, and I hope that I get the opportunity to give you a big hug um, with my mask on, of course. Thank you for your time, and thank you to everybody listening. I'll see you Festival Week. All right, see you then. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. And that's it for this episode of Cape Fear Unearthed and our look back at more than seven decades of Azalea Festival Queens with Queen Azalea 74, Victoria Huggins. We'll be back soon with another chapter of Wilmington history. Till then, make sure you're a member of our Facebook group where listeners can ask questions about our episodes and share their own memories of the region's history. In that group, I post extra content from each episode and links to all my coverage of local history for the Star News. You can find that group by searching Cape Fear Unearthed on Facebook. Don't forget to sign up for the Cape Fear Unearthed newsletter that goes out every Thursday. Sign up for the newsletter at starnewsonline.com slash newsletters. Cape Fear Unearthed was written, edited, and hosted by yours truly, John Staten. You can find more of my work at starnewsonline.com. Additional editing is done by Adam Fish. This podcast was made possible by listeners and readers just like you. Support local journalism and Cape Fear Unearthed by subscribing to the Star News today at starnewsonline.com slash subscribe. And you know what? While you're subscribing to things, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream this show so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review, which will help more people find Cape Fear Unearthed. Till then, get out and explore the Cape Fear region on your own. You never know what you might unearth.